building and maintaining a strong connection with your team members is probably something you're thinking about a lot, if I dare to make a guess. The reason is that we're going through times where people are resigning, finding new jobs, they work remote or in a hybrid structure, and we're all still trying to find ways to make that work. There are also a lot of people who are going through burnout, uh, which leads to disconnecting, right, and disengaging at times, or having these personal struggles that you wanna, as a manager, wanna know about and wanna support them with. And with all that combined, having strong connections with your team members, not just to have the open dialogue, but really feel like you understand yourself and them, that you can leverage each other's strength, but also speak to them in a way that resonates with them. And to address this very topic and more, I invited Jess Pagoni to the podcast. Jess is a mom, a culture creator, a podcast host, and the co-founder and CEO of Luna, a technology that makes flexibility scale and increase connection and inclusivity for teams. Jess is also a former chief people officer and management consultant. But what I find most intriguing about her current work at Luna is how they're building technology to support teams who work in the hybrid space. So we're going to talk about this connectivity and inclusion, and we're going to specifically focus on, but not limited to, the challenges that teams in remote or hybrid setups are dealing with. So I hope you got intrigued. Uh, You got something to take notes on ready because she's going to drop some tactical suggestions here in this conversation. I very much enjoyed getting to know Chess and hearing her perspective. And I learned a lot in the conversation and I'm confident that you will too. I hope you enjoy. Let's go. Here's the question. How do you successfully transition into your first official leadership role? Build the confidence and competence to lead your team successfully and establish yourself as a respected and trusted leader across the organization? That's the question, and this show provides the answers. Welcome to the Manager Track Podcast. I'm your host, Ramona Shaw, and I'm on a mission to create workplaces where work is not seen as a source of stress and dread, but as a source of contribution, connection, and fulfillment. And this transition starts with developing a new generation of leaders who know how to lead so everyone wins and grows. In this show, you learn how to think, communicate, and act as the confident and competent leader you know you can be. Welcome, Chess, to the Manager Track Podcast. It's great to have you on today. Thank you so much for having me, Ramona. Really excited for this conversation. Same here. And to get us started and for people to know a little bit more about your background as well, can you tell us how you got started with the work with Luna and the challenges that you've noticed specifically in the workplace that you're trying to address? Absolutely. To understand how I became the co-founder of Luna, it, it is really to know the work that I did leading up to the point that the company became a company. And my background is in management consulting. So I spent the majority of my the last two decades or so working on large transformational projects inside global organizations. And the way I like to think about this is that I I always worked on the people side of these projects. How do you motivate people to accomplish these big, incredible goals that organizations have? Or how do you infuse culture into the way that you're approaching some type of change that needs to happen for a company? And then eventually I became the chief people officer of a management consultancy that I was working for and got to then witness the world from that seat. So the things that HR is thinking about, the things that you need to reflect upon or put in place when managing talent strategies overall. 
Mm-hmm. And what started to frustrate me was that both with clients I'd worked with, as well as people in my own firm that were working for me, I felt like there was a lot of resignations for avoidable reasons. So people mm-hmm. were were moving on from great companies, and these companies were losing this incredible talent, but for reasons that you know might have been related to flexibility or mm-hmm. re- related to career growth or even connected to just like miscommunications in mm-hmm. general. And it was so frustrating to me. And, and I started to think about, can we get more personalized in the way that we're really engaging our employees, really personalizing that employee experience and creating a way, a transparent way to keep teams and individuals aligned with an organization. So instead of you thinking, well, I want something different now, or my priorities have shifted, so I, I must need to go look for another job. Instead saying, let me have that dialogue. Let's, let's kind of engage in that conversation and see if there is an opportunity for me to achieve my goals and the company goals at the same time and mm-hmm. stay within an organization. So all of those things culminated in Luna, as an organization being born, we consider ourselves the team operating system for modern employers. And what we do is we combine two things. The first we call a POP. It's a personal operating profile. And you can think of that as a user manual for a human. And then the second part are these dashboards that are essentially a collection of that POP data. So individuals, work styles and preferences, skills, et cetera. Mm -hmm pulled into a dashboard view. So in the aggregate, you can look at how are we as a unique group of people, a team going to work Mm -hmm. most effectively together? What are the recommended ways of working for us based on the unique preferences of our team? And what are some key insights we should be aware of, such as, you know, how are our communication styles similar or different? If you have a a group of, let's say, passive communicators, that's not a bad thing. That means you have incredible listeners on your team. Mm -hmm. But if you need to make a rapid decision and really kind of work through a problem quickly, knowing that you've got more passive communicators on your team and being able to say, all right, hey, we know your inclination is not to be vocal in this moment, but we need to really vocalize our thoughts right now. That that's power that helps the team just move more quickly and operate really as this cohesive unit to be more productive overall. So that's what Luna's all about. We are are really focused on hybrid and remote work. This is the way of the future. And mm-hmm. we all jump to, okay, what's the policy for the company? You know, is it, a, is it a hybrid policy? Is it a remote policy? What days should you be in the office or not in the office? And where our technology comes into play is once you know what that policy is, how do you now operationalize it while maintaining those meaningful connections, infusing belonging into the organization, and making work enjoyable for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. I do think the conversations will change from how do we make the hybrid workforce work for us? And what are those procedures and what are the days and how much flexibility can we give and what are the exceptions? And and once that conversation has settled, we're going to move into this phase where it's about okay, how do we stay connected and how do we make sure that people are engaged and actually thrive in their roles, not for the sake of performance per se, but for the sake of actual retention and employee satisfaction. You know, I've been a big believer. That's what workplaces are here. They're not, or should be here for us to do and to leverage 
So it's not about just a paycheck, but it's about having a sense of belonging with the team that we work with on a day-to-day basis. It's able to contribute in a meaningful way and have a degree of impact in the world, a positive impact. I mean, incredibly well said, Ramona. I agree with all of that. And that's certainly my mission at the moment is making sure that that does happen. Yeah. And I do 100% agree that we need support with this. And you said a few really interesting things when you were just talking about the Luna and why was it created. One of the things that you mentioned is the POP, the personal operating, what do you call it? Profile. Uh, Profile. That's right. This is something that I do with clients as well. We call it the user, personal user guide. Very similar along the lines of developing self-awareness, but then also being able to articulate it to others so we get to know each other better. And when we are in a situation where we can see like the passive communicators, where if I was an active communicator or proactive communicator, I could see, oh, it's not frustrating because I'm trying to make someone something that they're not, but that is the way they are. And I see this as more of a matter of fact, because that's the profile that they have. Not to say that they can't grow or change over time, but I take the stance of appreciating their strength and how they're contributing in their unique ways. And then I develop the knowledge and the insights to be able to bridge the differences and really leverage each other's strength. And that doesn't happen. Like sometimes people say, well, just talk to each other or, you know, we know each other for, or have worked each other for years. Like, yeah, (laughs) in a, in a workforce, right. Where people stay for 18 months, two years, maybe three years, the most constantly learning about new team members. We're constantly redefining those relationships. Absolutely. We need the help. The other thing, you hit on something really interesting there that like you might have worked with someone for years. And when we do that, we often make assumptions. We think we know. And, you know, one of one of the core tenets of how we approach our technology and how we work with customers is is really about like people are constantly changing. Mm -hmm. We are always going through different phases. Maybe we have you know, a life event that, you know, Mm -hmm. we have a child or we're caring for an elderly parent that's creating something in our life that's requiring us to maybe adjust an approach at work. Mm -hmm. Or maybe we were always that driver, like the, you know, really like I'm going to just maximize like my career potential. I'm going to keep growing and developing. And then we reach a point where we're like, you know, I'm going to kind of just balance for a little while. I'm going to just kind of even things out but someone might still be assuming that we're in that that maximizer mode and yet we aren't so they they yeah. think that we're we're motivated by different things so part of the pop model is that as a person you can update your personal operating profile anytime yeah. it lives on a public url that you can put in your slack profile or your email signature or you can share with someone in advance of a meeting so that it's really lightweight and you can say hey like i i've actually evolved a bit since we last connected take a quick look at this, scan my pop to have a better sense of where I am today. Mm -hmm. And then again, that data, those dashboards are populating and updating as updates occur so that the team is real time Mm -hmm. and in touch with meeting people where they are now and not where we think they are or where where they might have been in in the past. So Yeah. yeah, I think just, you know, I loved how you called that that piece out and wanted to share. Yeah. When we look at leadership and the audience, the people listening to this podcast are all looking at growing as leaders. And, you know, there are 
a lot of different competencies that we look at with painting the picture of the bigger vision and giving feedback and taking a coaching approach or delegating really well and having strategic input and managing time. And there's so many different aspects we could go into, but when we boil things down, it depends as leaders more so than any IC employees. It depends on the relationships that you build. And some people are more gifted in this than others. But at the end of the day, it's about knowing who we are, right? Getting to know yourself first in order to then uh, open up the sort of the door and look at who are the people around me and how does this relate back to my perspective or how I see the world and how do we bridge the, any differences and make others feel like they belong and, and they're appreciated. As a caring and driven manager, I know you want to strengthen your leadership skills, advance your career and lead a high-performing engaged team. And in order to do that, as a leader, you need to lead with a system, not by shooting from your hips or reacting to everyone else around you. To do so, you need to first learn what should go into a leadership system and second, develop your own. Now, the good news is that I teach you one must-have part in your leadership system in a concise, actionable, and yet comprehensive course focused on running successful one-on-one meetings with your direct reports. It includes over 67 minutes of tactical leadership training, plus a set of resources to make this as easy and immediately applicable for you as possible. You can either watch the video lessons or listen to it through a private podcast feed on your phone. You can get your hands on this course, which I want every single manager to have, for a nominal $19 at RamonaShaw.com slash one one. That's two times the number one. You can check the show notes for the details or head on over to ramonashaw.com slash one one to get started right now. And if that part is missing in any leader's day-to-day interaction, if that's not part of their mindset, the ripple effect is huge, right? There are constant challenges. So talking about some of these challenges, if you go into teams or companies where you see, you know, the work environment or let's call it culture is not ideal and you're trying to optimize, what are some of the key challenges that someone listening may realize, oh, actually that's something I'm dealing with, which is a surface problem that may be rooted in a disconnect on, on the relationship front. Yeah. So I think what you're talking about at the core is really trust. And how are managers building trust with their team in a lot of companies that are experiencing cultural challenges? Maybe it's either feeling like it's not as strong as it once was, or there isn't a solid footing to begin with. Some of the things that that I tend to see are, one, um, the need to go back to the values of the organization. So Mm -hmm. what are the core values of the company? How are those being utilized? And really like who's walking the walk of those values to be able to perpetuate the behaviors that we want to see inside the company. And then that clear line directly into managers who then need to say, okay, these are the values of this company. This is what we stand for. How am I going to internalize those values? And then align them with my own values and externalize it in a way that my team understands I'm here to support them and to make them successful. So it's about the, the culture is about the values of the organization. The manager behavior, I think is 
about one being open-minded and vulnerable and transparent and consistent. And these are all really hard things. I just rattled off those five (laughs) words in like four seconds, but they're all really challenging things. And it's a lot for any leader to be reflecting on. But I think like to kind of peel it back completely, what we have to remember is that we're all people. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, we want to be seen. We want to feel understood. Mm-hmm. And when a manager can get to that with someone, if you can say, I see you, I understand that you're juggling a lot, or I understand that this particular project is incredibly challenging for you. I understand what I can now do to help you. Mm-hmm. And here's what it's going to look like. That is hugely trust building. From there, that partnership can Mm -hmm. only flourish. I think it's when managers say, wow, like you're really underperforming on this thing. I guess I'm going to take it away from you and give it to someone else. And I'm going to rate you poorly on your performance review. Mm -hmm. And right there, we haven't seen or understood the person. We don't Mm -hmm. know if if it's a capability issue or truly that there's other things at play. And- I think we need to start there. Remembering people are people and we want to be seen. We want to be understood. And if you can at least take that step, really good things happen. Mm-hmm. My brain also went to some of the, whenever I look at what are some of the challenge that I would imagine come up when someone doesn't practice this level of awareness and doesn't have the curiosity and trying to figure out the other person's perspective and really making sure that they are seeing them and valuing them. When we start rolling our eyes, even if it's just internally, even if we can control our facial expressions, but when we have these (laughs) frustrations of like, oh my gosh, this person always does this, or I can't believe they can't figure this out, or if they only could be a little bit more like X, Y, Z, which is usually a little more like me, Mm -hmm. (laughs) what make things so much easier. And sort of this lack of understanding that we're all wired so differently and that humans are complicated relationships are complicated and that creates the friction and it's sometimes really subtle, but I can see how people resign because of friction or lack of trust and not being able to have the conversation before they go out and interview, but do to say, Hey, something's not working for me here. I'd like to talk to you about possible options and how we could address this. But instead they go out and interview, never say anything and then quit to everyone's surprise And they say, oh my gosh, if we only knew, we could have maybe figured out a path that would have worked for you. Yeah. Right? Yeah, a hundred percent. I think a manager, a leader's job is to see and understand their people for sure. It's it's also, I think, and and there's all this buzz right now about quiet quitting. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's really about like our employers, I would flip it and say, are our employers thinking about how they can motivate people in a meaningful way or use meaning to motivate people. Mm -hmm. And when you can do that and you can say, here's what we need to do. This is why it's important. And this is why you are the right person to execute on this. That's inspiring for, Mm -hmm. for people. So those that are, that are currently quiet quitting, there's likely a variety of reasons, but many, much of it is like, I'm just not inspired by what I'm being asked of right now. And, and if it was, if I really felt connected to that mission or that purpose, I, I wouldn't be in this scenario. So I I think it's on the employer, really on that leader 
to be to be taking the action here because it you can change it. You can motivate yeah. people. Which is actually so interesting. Someone once said to me, can you please take this on because you're really good at bringing stuff across the finish line. And my manager at the time, this person could have said it very differently, could have said, hey, I need you to finish this project, period. Yep. Uh, here's what you need to do. Please go and here's the deadline. But because this person said, because you're so good at bringing things across the finish line, I'm here now years later talking about it because it yeah. resonated so much with me. And you know what? I was so eager to bring this thing across the finish line. Yeah. Highly motivated. And I felt seen in my strength. Mm-hmm. And some people are really attuned, right? Or they know each other so well because they worked with each other for a while. And then they can very quickly start to use people's strength and add that into the communication when they delegate or they look at goals and so forth. But other people may need a little bit of help. Yeah. Or relationships need a little bit of a fast tracking in getting this done. And so anything around the user guide or assessments that can be shared and upfront conversations and communication about how we're wired and our strength, I think it's so useful because then leaders can really use this. And this is immediately applicable, right? Anyone listening could immediately make that switch and say, when I delegate or we set goals, let me tie that back into their personal goals or their circumstances or their strength and the way that they're naturally wired to make sure that they realize why am I signing it and they feel valued with the way that they contribute. Not only that, but then you're tapping into a strength, which is typically people that are good at things. They typically enjoy those things. Mm -hmm. So you're tapping into that inspiration, that ability to be like, oh, I get to work on this thing. And that's so exciting for me. So I I can't wait to stick my teeth into it. So then there's energy and there's more productivity and there's more speed and all the things that you want to have happen when you're leaning into those strengths. And and what you just highlighted, I mean, that that's what our team OS does. We say, okay, these are the skills of the people on your team. This is the the goals for each person over the next six to 12 months, what they want to, you know, lean into and learn how to do. And then you tap into those things and say, here, I have a project that's aligned with this. Like, take it, mm-hmm. go, go run with it. And and then that makes work just more enjoyable for everyone. And at the end of the day, if we're doing this for as many hours a week as we're doing this, whatever that number is. Mm-hmm. Let's make it enjoyable. Let's mm-hmm. let's have fun while we're doing it. Yeah, 100%. Let's talk a little bit about the unique aspects or unique challenges of hybrid teams. When someone is listening who runs or leads a hybrid team, what particular aspects do you think they need to pay really close attention to to do so well? Yeah, so this is a lose-lose conversation for everyone right now. And here's why. It's not going to be doom and gloom for this whole conversation, but I'll explain. So hybrid is loosely defined as some combination of days working remotely and days working in an office setting. Inevitably, if you're listening to this podcast and you have a hybrid team, there are people on your team who don't like the days that have been designated for hybrid. Or if you haven't designated days, if you haven't said, okay, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, you're coming into the office and Monday, Friday, you're working from home. If instead you've said, pick two days that you want to come in or pick three days that you want to come in, in all likelihood, you're still creating frustration on your team because the two days I picked are going to be different from the two days that Ramona picked 
that are going to be different from the days that our manager picked. And then all of a sudden it's like, well, are we just going to go to the office and be on Zoom meetings all the time or Teams meetings all the time because none of us are ever in the same place together. So mm-hmm. hybrid can be incredibly frustrating. Remote first has its own frustrations. It's, mm-hmm. It can be very isolating. It can lead to people feeling disconnected, you know, and then in the office also not perfect. So we have basically a range of options and none of them is exactly 100% right for every person at all times. Like it, mm-hmm. it's impossible to accomplish that. My suggestion to bring this out of like the doom and gloom mode, my suggestion would be optimize for your team right now and have an ongoing discussion with your people to make sure you know what's changing. Our business sees a lot of seasonality with this. In the summer, people want a different set of schedule arrangements than they want in the winter, for example. Mm -hmm. Um, the fall right now, we're kind of in that back to school season. That is often a really challenging time for parents. They've got a hundred meetings and they've got to go, you know, do early pickups or school nights or that sports are getting started. Everyone's getting back into a new routine. So having regular conversations with your team to say, what are the preferences right now? What's important to us? We're all going to get our work done. We're going to focus on the outcomes. What are the results we need to deliver? And then how are we actually going to make that happen based on who needs to work at what times of day, on which days of the week, et cetera, et cetera. And a blanket policy for a company is a great place to start, but it's not Mm -hmm. where we finish. We have Mm -hmm. to be able to drill into that team level and understand, okay, what, what is the interpretation of this policy for our team? Mm-hmm. And maybe you say, hey, 100% of us need to be in the office on Wednesday afternoons. Here's the time mm-hmm. window. Mm-hmm. And then there's some wiggle room for people who may have other things going on. But everybody knows that two or three hour, or four hour block is the time you're all together face to face. And there will be no Zoom meetings, no team meetings, and that it's it's just face to face discussion, brainstorming, et cetera. Yeah. And that's feasible for some teams. It's not for others, but these are just suggestions about how to think about localizing the hybrid approach in a way that's going to work for your people and that can evolve. So the Mm -hmm. mindset of like, what's the answer and let's move on and never talk about it again is gone. Like that, the future of work in general is a fluid and kind of constantly evolving, changing thing in all the best possible ways. It should be. We are changing as people. Companies are constantly changing. And so to keep up with that, we just need to make sure we're having those right checkpoints and conversations. Which I think is so interesting. It's such an eruption if you think about it, because just you know, flashback 10 years ago, it was just, and I think about this sometimes, you know, working from home these days. Like I used to go to the office every day. It was not a question. I didn't wake up in the morning thinking, should I, should I not? Maybe, maybe later. It was just like, no, like eight o'clock meeting start and you're in the office and figure out your life around it. You hire employees and they may ask, what's the workload? What are the expected work hours in this job or in this particular profession or in the company? But it was so obvious that's, you know, everyone's in the office and period. But now... I agree. It's this constant refinement, uh, not even refinement, it's changing, right? It's it's optimizing, evolving, and the ongoing dialogue. 
I'm curious to hear your thought here, but for me, what I think there are certain things we can't control, right? Uh, we can't necessarily control company policy. Maybe we can. We can't control where people live. We can't control what other people's preferences are or what they can and cannot do based on their personal life circumstances. But the two things any leader can do is to make sure that the employee feels heard and that their personal preferences are being listened to and inquired about. And two, that there is a high degree of clarity of what is expected. Yes, I absolutely agree with both of those. And I would add to it, when that employee feels heard, even if they're saying, hey, I really wish that I could be 100% remote, and I know that's Mm -hmm. not the company policy, what you can do as a leader is empathize. I totally hear you. I understand that's your preference. Let's see what we can do. Maybe we can figure out a way where one week a month, you can be totally remote. So Mm -hmm. it might not be all the time, but I might be able to figure out opportunities for you to have pockets of that to give you some of that relief. So you're Mm -hmm. working with people to the extent that you can. Um, And so like, you know, just because someone says, well, I want a four day work week, that doesn't mean you have to give them a four day work week, but, uh, but, but saying like, Hey, I know a four day work week is kind of your ideal scenario if you can start to kind of accelerate your work in the week, so you're meeting your goals on Thursdays instead of on Fridays, then let's try maybe take take a couple weeks in a row with a PTO day on mm-hmm. a Friday. Let's let's see how it's working and then mm-hmm. figure out if there's an opportunity to adjust things here. And that shows that you're listening. It shows that you're hearing them. It shows it shows that you're trying and that you have empathy for their preference, even if you as the leader in that situation don't have the true authority to say, yes, you may do a four-day work week, or yes, yeah. you may work fully remote from home, but at least you're you're showing the ability to flex a little bit. Yeah. Or you're sharing why you, why it's not possible. I think it's also exactly. okay to say, you know, this is going to, the ripple effect on the the rest of the team or on our work is too big. But I think that clarity of here's what's been decided. And here is exactly what it is. That answer is always better than anything (laughs) wishy-washy or delaying the decision where people don't know what to expect. And so they can't make up their mind. They don't know how to arrange their schedules because they're still waiting to hear back. Or they may do something that they think is fair enough, right? And is within the bandwidth or what's expected and, and how the company runs. And then only to find out at year end in a performance review that actually... Mm-hmm. It was seen as a problem that yep. they would take Fridays off. Yeah. Um, I think that's that's the, the big issues to to avoid. I'm also curious, before we wrap up, on your website, you have some interesting statistics around belonging. One of them that you shared there is that there's a 56% higher overall job performance from employees with a strong sense of belonging. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's a study from, from research done by BetterUp. How do you think this can be addressed? How can people foster, especially leaders listening, foster the sense of belonging? If you yeah, like so, quick tips before we wrap. Yeah, absolutely. Here's the thing. Like to to belong means that we, we feel like we're a part of something, that we mm-hmm. that we are a meaningful part of a of a greater thing. So think of the team dynamic. Someone won't belong if they feel like they aren't able to meaningfully contribute, that they're not accepted by that particular team, or that their skills aren't valued. 
And so if we flip that and talk about really, as we earlier in the show, we talked about valuing the skills people have and saying, hey, we know this is a strength of yours. Mm -hmm. Can you execute on this special project? So as a leader, as a manager, you can help people to feel like they belong by meaningfully connecting with them and making sure they are meaningfully connected with others on the team. You can also um, do that by addressing their strengths, amplifying their strengths, and showing them how their piece in the team Mm -hmm. is meaningfully contributing to the outcomes that that team is responsible for. Mm -hmm. That feels so good when you're like, I'm going to do that. Like, I'm going to be the person that helps with that thing. Like, that drives that sense of like, well, I do belong here. I am a part, I'm a, a meaningful part of this team. And that's what we want. We all, we all need to feel that. And when you can create that as a leader, you make incredible things happen. Oh my gosh. I, it's so funny. When I do team, um, team sessions and we look at an assessment, let's say for simplicity, let's say DISC, the DISC assessment that has the four quadrants, the D, the I, the S, the Z. And someone realizes like, oh, I'm actually the one that's most wired for relationships. Mm-hmm. And then everyone's like, oh my gosh, you are the person who does the like relationship building. And if we ever need to reach out to someone or we need to sort of build the bridges, you're going to be our go-to person or someone yes. else is really like focused on quality and accuracy. And all of a sudden they start seeing like, that's the way I fit into the picture because I'm the one who's always checking, making sure we're running on track and things and delivering high quality. Yeah. Uh, so fun. So Thank you fun. for sharing this. Yeah. So these are the little the little things. And I think underlying this entire conversation is we need help with this, right? This is not easy stuff and it's more demanding and probably at a higher velocity now with people who, you know, there aren't lifers. <laughs> We're staying at a company for no. decades, but we're constantly exposed to new people and reconfiguring teams and changing work environments and work setups and where we're located and, and all of that. And I love even that you brought up the seasonality, which is so true. I actually never thought of that, that we need a different schedule in the summer than we do in the winter. Yep. And so forth. And so the ongoing conversation with employees, as well as developing the awareness of ourselves and how we're wired and work best, and then highlighting getting to know and highlighting the strength of our team members. And there are a range of different ways to do this, but Luna solves that problem. So where can people learn more about Luna? Sure. Thank you so much, Ramona. Our website is helloluna.com. So double L, double L. And check us out there. Feel free to link in with me as well. I'm I'm always interested in talking with leaders and um, people out there trying to navigate, you know, all the different changes that are happening right now. So don't hesitate to connect on LinkedIn. Would love to have a quick chat and, you know, definitely check out our website. Would love to to get your feedback on that too. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you, Jess, for being on the Manager Track podcast. Thank you, Ramona, for having me. This was so much fun. If you enjoyed this episode, then check out two other awesome resources to help you become a leader people love to work with. This includes my best-selling book, The Confident Incompetent New Manager, which you can find on Amazon or at RamonaShaw.com book and a free training on how to successfully lead as a new manager. You can check it out at RamonaShaw.com masterclass. These resources and a couple more you'll find in the show notes down below.